0: know a lot about golf well we're waiting we are those weekend golf guys it's a brand new year jeff is on his way to the pga merchandise show i am where the golf industry meets annually to hang out and swap lies and impress everybody with their stuff but i mean all the you manufacturers got, you gotta commit back. to coming again you gotta yeah. to commit to coming again so we
1: can do the show from there I come know, on we I used know. to do that we had a great time we did that's okay but you because, gotta come because it's yeah. you know we're not those weekend tennis guys showing up the radio the pj merchandise show or it's those weekend golf guys that's, right this is
0: true this is true and we, we will have fun again we'll go next year we'll make it a plan We've, but you know but, uh, we got to
1: talk to our boys at the at the Golf Talk American Network and and uh, get our spot back. It was yeah. fun sitting there on the show floor with people walking by and you know they're listening to us and we're ribbing them all at the same time.
0: Well, supposedly they've built a, on the show floor now a studio for those of us who who opt to broadcast live from the show. We'll have to horn ourselves in, get a, a reserve of time for next year. I'll, I'll hopefully next year my knees will be replaced so that I will actually be able to walk. Because yeah. right now, man, if I if I was I'd have to have you wheel my butt around that those place. weekend hobbling guys? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it would be, <laughs> it would be is. tough. Hey, I got a couple questions and, and like a couple things that we are going to uh uh figure out finally. Most most of us uh, you know, occasional, recreational, weekend golfers, however you want to refer to us, we get totally, let's just say, confused when looking at a launch monitor. Yeah. And now I've just seen a a brand new launch monitor. It looks to be about the size of a large iPhone and it's 350 Uh bucks and it uses Doppler radar. Yeah. Right. To to give you your, your stats on your swing speed, your ball speed and your smash factor. And my question is what the heck is a smash factor and why do I really care?
1: (laughs) All right. So, I'll start out by saying what it tells you as a golfer and then why do you care? Okay. And then I'll tell you what it really is. All right? All right. So smash factor is did you hit it in the middle of the face and the ball came off fast or not? Right? Okay. If I held up a a club face right in front of you, John, and I said, John, I want you to touch the one and only spot spot on this club face that the ball comes off of it the fastest it possibly could. You know, right where you'd put your finger, right? Smack dab in the middle. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that means all those other points on the face, the ball doesn't come off as fast right, as that one. Right. Come, It makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So why do you care? Because you want to hit it farther. Okay. <laughs> right. So, you already know that off center hits don't go as far as dead center hits. Right. You know it. Okay. So, now they called it Smash Factor because isn't it great? We get to use the word smash in golf, <laughs> right? We get to look, we're all trying to smash it out there, right? Uh-huh. So, they, they picked that because it's a good, appropriate name for it. But here's what it really is. It's efficiency. Okay. You are swinging at a certain club head speed coming into that impact. Boom. All right. And it measures that at impact. And then it also measures how fast the ball left the face of the club. Right. And it did some quick little math division there and said as something as simple as this is a good example. My club is traveling at one mile per hour coming into this ball and at impact. It's going one mile an hour forward and the ball comes off as if it hits dead center and it's a driver, the ball can come off at one and a half miles an hour. It cannot come off faster than one and a half times the speed of the club head. So says physics. Okay.
0: Okay. So now,
1: if you have a smash factor with your driver, and it says one point four eight, you are very, very good. Okay. And very close to the center of the face. What that does mean is that it's no glancing blow here. Okay. You hit it at the center of the face, and you are coming in at a direct blow down line because the ball could then get all that energy and it transfers into the uh, transfers from club head to ball almost as much as it's possible in physics. Okay. But it's not going to happen on a wedge the same way you could hit both in the center, but because the wedge has a lot of loft on it, it is a glancing blow to the dead center of the ball. So the ball will be launching up and not as far as fast out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the ball speed coming off the wedge, if the club was moving at one mile an hour as well, couldn't possibly come off as fast as it could come off a driver or a putter. Okay. So the more loft you get, the slower the ball speed comes off the face. Mm-hmm. So the smash factor is nothing more than the simple division of ball speed, club head speed, mathematics, and says, Hey, guess what? I'm swinging this at X miles an hour. My ball's coming off at 1.38 times that for a, say a seven iron. That's not all that bad because it's got a bunch of loft on it.
0: Right. Right.
1: So they call it, it's efficiency. It's a mathematical equation of efficiency. And they love to call it Smash Factor because efficiency just doesn't sound all that entertaining.
0: Oh, no. Smash Factor sounds, you know. Yeah, exactly. Much more, much more tool time-ish. Yes. And, and there's some... So, you
1: know, you could call it the blast ratio, too, if you wanted to.
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's a long-winded version of... Hey, guess what? I just hit it in the dead center of the face and I, my ball came off as fast as I can. So thank you, Mr. Launch Monitor, for telling me how good I am.
0: Is there a uh, a solid ratio of, like you say, 1.5 is the best smash factor you could get with a driver? But sure. Because it's, it's
1: got the least amount of loft other than a putter. Right.
0: But, but do they have the same, um, The same numbers, like do you know, like with a five iron, a one point one would be the highest you could get, or or
1: yeah, there's a chart that's out there on the internet,
0: okay, that you
1: could get to, but it's not just what the physics is because it's loft at impact is, but it doesn't know what you did. So let's say that you have an eight iron in your hand Mm -hmm. and you turn the loft down at impact to a seven iron. Okay. Okay, so it measures that whatever it was right? Club head speed and, and, and smash and ball speed, right? The lofted impact and the speed, the clubs traveling are the only two factors.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Right. That's it. So, so then with a driver, it it's accurate, but other, other clubs in your bag, it's really not all that important.
1: Well, it, it won't get, well, it does because it tells you whether you're hitting the middle of the face or not for about that club and the the chart that's out there on the internet is uh, put out there by a launch monitor company and they use PGA tour statistics. You know, the guys who hit it in the middle of the club face
0: all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: why not use them as the, the, the robot, the measuring stick. And there's a PGA tour average for that. Okay. Now there are not, when I use statistics with my players, there are not many things that I ever compare a player to the best in the world.
0: Okay. Yeah. That could Except, get depressing after a while.
1: Well, it does, right? Yeah. Hey, John, guess what? You're not six foot four, broad shouldered, and physically gifted and strapping, and you can't generate this kind of club head speed. How are you feeling about yourself, John?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right. No, but my point is, is that there's only a handful of things that I actually could make some direct comparisons to on the quality of your strike. And Smash Factor is one of those.
2: Okay. Gotcha.
1: Because if you can. <clears throat> If you can have a smash factor that is somewhere in the same kind of smash factor as the best in the business, you can feel pretty good about yourself on that, on your ability to get it in the center of the face. Now, it doesn't say anything about the smash factor itself. doesn't say anything about whether the eight iron that you're swinging is traveling at six miles an hour or 12 miles an hour. It doesn't factor that in. It's what is the speed of the club and what is the ball speed coming off? Gotcha. It's that ratio, that ratio only. So that means, John, I can compare you in Smash Factor to the best players in the world. So now that means I can actually use some real metric to make fun of you about.
0: <laughs> so so it's not just a figment of uh, your imagination any longer. It's something real. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, I love statistics, man. Especially they when it are. can be used against you. Exactly. You know. Another thing exactly. I, I got a, a you know there's, there's all kinds of pre pre PGA show there's there's all kinds of um, PR pieces being floated around and I just got one that says that the Titleist has uh, changed both the Pro V1 and the Pro V1 X they they now spin less on long shots and more on short shots yeah and my question to you when we come right back from this quick break is how the hell does it know the difference. <laughs> I mean, it's a golf ball after all, you know? Yeah, yeah so, well,
1: guess what? It, it's look, it's an AI enhanced
0: golf ball. I got you. <laughs> so I mean, just referring back to what we were talking about, though, is a $349 handheld shot monitor, hmm. um, something that might be a, a worthy investment for the uh, average golfer who wants to get a little it- better.
1: The question that I would ask before I spent my $350 is, is it consistent? So get out there on your consumer reports or wherever you're going to go get it and go look up that brand of launch monitor and that particular model and find out its consistency.
0: Okay. Okay. Because we
1: already know it cannot possibly be as accurate as the $20,000
0: launch monitors. This is true. And as I was taught in my English class with Dr. Smith in college – consistency is the hobgoblin of small games. We shall return (laughs) momentarily. We are those weekend golf guys. ching Man, I love that sound, and that is the sound of another sale on Shopify. You know Shopify. It's the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So whether you're selling potters or pottery, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person and you can focus on growing your business. It's packed with industry-leading tools, ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand, and you don't have to learn any new skills in design or code. Shopify even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And once you start selling, Shopify makes getting paid simple by instantly accepting every type of payment. It's enough talk. It's your turn. Get serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash guys. Go to shopify.com slash guys. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash golfguys. This is possibility powered by Shopify. We are back those weekend golf guys we forgot to introduce ourselves last segment. We just, you go maniacs. We on. figure, you know who we are. I'm <laughs> John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith, Timbergate golf course in Edinburgh, Indiana. Okay. So we got the launch monitor. We got smash, smash factor. Uh, we yeah. got that. Finally. That's, now you
1: get it. Now you get it. You got it.
0: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, yes, Here yeah, we
2: go, right? <laughs> smash factor. What's Sunday? the smash
0: factor? Um, <laughs> Pro V1, Pro V1 X new and huh. improved um, well, every year they're new and improved come on what are they gonna I know mean? I mean this this is this is kind of ridiculous but
1: here's the 2023 version it's older and worse
0: <laughs> <laughs> what it said the difference was the ball now spins less on long shots to provide uh, greater accuracy and then spins more on the short shots so you get much better you know check up and as, as you like to say, the ball lands like a butterfly with sore feet. Yes, uh, I do like to say that. It's, yes, you do. it's, it's a nice little a,
1: image, isn't it?
0: It's beautiful, man. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Other than how does that ball know whether it's supposed to spin less or more?
1: This is, uh, I'm going to give the Reader's Digest version
0: Thank you. of
1: what I've learned when I went to the Titleist Ball Factory and what I learned about how golf balls are made. Okay. The outer layer, the white part, Mm -hmm. the part we touch and feel. Okay. That part is extremely thin and it's pliable. Okay. Okay. So that portion of the golf ball, when struck with a fast moving club, like a driver, Mm -hmm. right? That portion of the golf ball is going to squash down considerably and very fast. Right. Right. So then does the overall ball compress a lot because there's stuff underneath that layer. For example, the pro V one X has a firm layer immediately under the white, softer, more pliable layer, the outside. Okay. And that is different than the pro V, the pro V one x in that they call it a mantle layer it's firmer Mm -hmm. and underneath that one they have another layer that's a little bit softer and then underneath that they have the actual core of the golf ball which is a different material so what they have is they have different layers of firmness to it so let's think about okay spin the what part of the ball gets compressed is the outer cover on both full shots and little shots. But on the little shots, the little wedges around the greens, the, that firm layer underneath the cover doesn't get compressed at all to very little.
2: Okay.
1: And now all of a sudden, it creates a lot of friction. It spins there. But if a ball compresses a lot, cover and all the layers underneath it, then the ball springs off a little bit with less friction because the whole ball compressed. So this is how they make intelligent golf balls. Okay. If I come in and smash the entire golf ball, you've seen these on YouTube where you see the driver come in and blast into a golf ball and the golf ball takes the shape of the face of the club really
0: fast. Yeah. It kind of looks like it's flat on one side. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: and then, and then springs off the face a little bit, right? You get the picture of that. Okay, so the whole ball had some compression to it, not just the cover. Because if it's firm under and firm from the driver, and the only thing that's compressing, the only thing that's squashing down is the cover itself, you're going to generate a bunch of spin, unless the thing's moving fast, in which case the whole ball compresses. Gotcha. So there's more okay. give in the golf ball. And so the whole ball doesn't spin as much. So, okay, I can smash it off a driver because I'm smashing the whole ball more though than I am around the greens. I get less spin,
0: more compression. That makes perfect sense.
1: <clears throat> there's That's, the Reader's Digest version from just some clown from Indiana who yeah. happened to go to the ball factory. <laughs>
0: yeah, and pay attention. Man, he, <clears throat> was, he attention. was checking his notes, man. You know, the few you know guys who takes the factory tour with a notebook <clears throat> and writes stuff down. I'm telling you
1: what I learned so much stuff that I watch them electrify a golf.
0: Electrify! I'm like, what
1: do you what are we doing here? It's one of the last steps in making the golf. They got like a 26 point step process on making a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X. Mm-hmm. And one of the last things they prop the ball up on these teeny weeny itty bitty little prongs, mm-hmm. and they zap it. Okay. I'm like, what what is this? <laughs> what do we got? God of thunder out here zapping golf ball, <laughs> right? <laughs> what? A- what do, we, what do we got here? And they told me all about it. And I'm like, wow, the other ball companies don't do that. And they go, we know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now that you've divulged the secret. <laughs> no, that's, they got videos of it. These
1: guys already know. You wow. got you got guys who used to work for Titleist. And then they, you know, Callaway comes and hires them away and says, okay, we need to make a ball that's as good as that one. And they go, um, Except there's these pesky things called patents. Patents, that's right. <laughs> we could do it, but then we have to put their name on it.
0: <laughs> Unless we can come up with a different way to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so the processes are patented
1: and right. checkpointed and all those things. Oh, yeah. So because I've been through that, I don't buy other golf balls.
0: That's gotcha. it. Okay. I guess that's why. I just it's it's I not because they pay you to use them. Then
1: that's that's pretty cool. No. Yeah,
0: I know they don't. I know, I know they, don't. they don't. I was just I, I was just being a jerk
1: because I no, do. Okay. so well. They give
0: them to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they give them to me, but
1: Callaway would give me theirs too. Right, if you ask nicely. Um.
0: On on would. a related a related note, kind <laughs> of meshing segment one with segment two. One of the frustrating things for average golfers, weekend golfers, recreational golfers, when watching the pros Uh is watching those 300 yard drives that they hit without expending any noticeable effort whatsoever hit the ground and roll another 50, 60 yards. Yeah. Ours don't do that. Is that because, is, is that a function of the ball speed coming off the club? Uh, the balls they use or the nature of the courses on which they are playing or the bodies themselves or the landing angle, of the golf ball. Yes. Uh, We could,
1: we could rattle off lots of them. Why don't we start? We have time for a nice list. Sure. Let's start with the human being itself. Okay. Okay. Superhuman freak of an athlete. These guys being taught by highly intelligent teachers like myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sorry, and
0: Um, also humble
1: quite yes playing equipment that has less loft on it than yours stiffer shafts than yours Mm -hmm. so the club itself delivering it to the ball is at completely different angles and completely different spin coming off the ball because they also use a ball that matches that so they have low spinning heads low spinning shafts that don't kick the ball up into the air. So they launch it a little bit lower and they have higher ball speeds because they compress the ball more so they don't spin it as much. And then it comes off at a still high flying trajectory, but it comes off at a little lower trajectory, comes down at a lower landing angle, not quite so steep into the ground. So it won't plug. And since it's coming in at a shallower landing angle, it bounces and rolls forward. Oh yeah, by the way, and their fairways are
0: firmer too. So, um, so the answer to my question way. with the list was yes, yes,
1: yeah, sure. But we, I get to have a little bit more fun for a couple minutes there, talking all about it.
0: Yeah, but I mean that's <clears throat> so. Once again, that that is a good reason to not be terribly upset with yourself because you can't hit it the way Justin Thomas hits it, or or or. DJ hits it or or any of the pros that you watch on TV week after week after week hit the ball. I know it's kind of funny, but it's a lot like when we watch an NBA
1: basketball game, it's a lot like we can't just go out in the driveway and do the things that they can do either.
0: I know. There's
1: just too many differences. Yeah. Yeah. Speed is one of them and
0: length and athletic skill or, are- I was going to say speed and ability and, and yeah, right. But it also comes down to equipment. The equipment's different. Well, it does come
1: down to some equipment in, it, it is a factor, right? We right. can't play with the equipment that the superhuman athletes can play with. Right. Yeah. We, we, we can't do it. Yeah. We play with equipment that's fitted for us, our bodies and our game and our ability but if they would play the equipment we have, the first thing they would do is take it to the tour trailer and say, throw these out and build me something that's good for me.
0: Yeah. Make this make work. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, it's yeah. funny if we ever get our hands on somebody's, let's say, Justin Thomas's driver who bought it at some auction, right? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to go out and play with this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Guess mm-hmm. what?
0: Well, it's
1: probably not going to go very well for you. <laughs>
0: uh, indeed. Right? so
1: it's it's kind of funny how they would treat the equipment we play with as garbage
2: mm-hmm.
1: we treat the equipment they play with as like a revered piece of uh of golf artifact that's magically going to bestow their powers
0: on us <laughs> right. and it will not <laughs> yeah let me tell you you can't lift thor's hammer either okay
3: so just
0: <laughs> keep exactly that in mind. mind. we've got more and we will be right back we are those weekend golf guys of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. Facebook.com slash guys. You know, an awful lot of golf courses stayed open during the whole COVID thing. But it's not just golf courses. A lot of businesses worked hard to stay open. And if you're one of those companies that stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during that challenging time. It's not a loan. You don't have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. You heard that right. Up to $26,000. $1,000 $1,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at refundsasap.com. You pay nothing up front, they do all the work, then they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let refundsasap.com help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. Refundsasap.com. And we are here, uh, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Uh, soon to be in Orlando, Florida for is the 70th annual PGA Merchandise Show, I believe. I'm not counting. But the post-pandemic things are getting back to normal. I know last year they had the show, but many of the large uh, companies weren't there to participate. It was kind no. of bleak. But this year, uh, supposedly, all the big boys are going to be back for for Demo Day, which is out at yeah. Orange County National. It uh, is fantastic Gosh. golf course out there. I would love to go down there sometime other than the PGA show and play that course.
1: Yeah. Isn't it amazing that range. So what is that thing? It's a big gigantic circle. It must be like 600 yards across it's 600 yards across.
0: across. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. And there are, and and there are four positions for putting. There are four practice greens, uh, ranged, you yeah. know, at, at the Cardinal, you know, North, Southeast and West points of that circle. And, yeah. um, you know, you you just you just smash your ball into the center of the fairway or the center of the practice range. You're never going to hit anybody across from you. That's for sure. No, no you're not.
1: You know, I it's interesting. Um, last year, uh, I gave a uh, I, I, I gave a presentation for an hour uh, for the PGA of America for their education department. And, uh, this year I'm doing it for PJ magazine on, on the grounds, right there on the, on the driving range T and there's going to be big TVs up behind me and you know, it'll be broadcast all over the place and everything. I'll be up there for an hour at 10 30 in the morning on Tuesday, January 24th demo day PJ show. I will be talking about, uh, the balance between teaching and club fitting. Okay. Yeah, because that's what we do every day as teachers. You show up on my doorstep and I deal with the entirety of you. Mm-hmm. Your skill level, your body's ability to do x, y or z and your equipment all at the same time. Right. So right. it's a difficult thing because, you know, here I am, you're paying me and I'm job is to make you better. And I know that many folks out there have either a spent the money that they have on equipment already, or don't have it to spend on new equipment Mm -hmm. if they needed some, right? This is why I'm always stressing to people every time it's time to go buy new equipment, go get fit, right? Go get fit. And the reason I say that is because once you've spent that money, if you didn't get fit, you completely guessed whether that shaft was the best one on the market for you, was right flex, weight, all that stuff, and the head, all that stuff going on. You just randomly go, "I got to have this such and such driver. I heard this one is the greatest, hottest thing. I need this now." Like, well, wait a second. How do you know that this other one's not better for you? Mm-hmm. That's why you get. That's why you get. Uh, that that's why you get fit. Because once you've dropped your $500 on a new driver, you own that sucker for a couple of years before you get to do that again.
0: Exactly. Because you can't can't unload it. Even (laughs) if it's brand new, you can't unload it for anywhere near what you paid for it. No. So this is why
1: I always insist that people get fit. But nonetheless, what you show up with, I have to investigate early on as I talk to you how long have you had your equipment. When's you know, is it time for an upgrade? Um, have you been fit before? You know, these kind of things I need to know mm-hmm. because if you tell me, Hey man, this is it. I've spent my money on equipment. Now I, I, I love this one it happens all the time. I didn't say that rather tongue in cheek, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Um, I just got all this new equipment. I just want you to teach me how to hit them. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Did you get club fit? Nah, dude. I just went up to the sporting goods place up the road and I got that. Like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. boy. I bought them because they're pretty and they're on sale. And now all of a sudden you're dropping money on me. And I now have to swallow parts of truth because I know it won't change.
0: Well, let me throw a scenario out out, out at you. And how, how do you handle it? I walk up to you. I pays my money for the lessons and I have the wrong equipment and you know, I have the wrong equipment. Yeah. You, you know, that I need a, 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 you know, more flexible shaft. I need, you know, whatever the differences are, but you also know that I can't change. What do you do?
1: Well, that's, that's the ever question, the, the ever present question and it's actually the crux of my presentation on Tuesday. Okay. Assess the situation make the best judgment per player and start with that. Because if I have to make it work for you because of the scenario you just painted, right. You've come to me and you've now just bought lessons. Cause you know that I can help you get better and you've already bought your equipment and you went around in the wrong order and you rolled in with something. And I'm looking at that going oh, geez. Jeez.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: all right so I have a responsibility to you now and I also have a responsibility to you to do the right thing for now and the future correct right okay so I say all right let's look and find out what we can do to make these work the best now however I know what your best golf swing is because of how your body's built and I've figured that out in your strength bubble I might say to you hey John let me test something to find out if this one's working and uh, will work with your golf swing even better. And then if it does, works even better. Then we start talking about how you can make that adjustment financially okay. if that's where you got to go. But if it's not where you got to go, then you're going to go, guess what? You're going to spray it a little bit here, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. But you're yeah. supposed to stop me from doing that. That's why I came. It's why I paid you. Yeah, I know. This is a very difficult
0: job. So what what you're saying basically is that there are some inherent situations in the game of golf that are equipment exclusively equipment related.
1: Yes. If you are not a superhuman athlete with the ability to adapt Let's just say, John, that you definitely need, based on your strength and your aggressiveness and how you're going to be swinging a club at a ball.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I could either find a way to get you to try to change who you are as a person. Yeah. (laughs) Which probably isn't going to happen. Right. right. Or I can continue to use what you do well and find a way to put different equipment in your hand. But if I can't do both of those, I'm going to have to say, John, we got to do something to make this soft, a flex shaft, not work, not be so whippy and control the face of the club a little bit better. Okay. Right. We have to do that because I could put this stiff shafted club in your hand, the same weight, the same head. And all of a sudden it works 10 times better. And the ball straightens out and you see it and you'll know that you made a big financial decision, um, poorly. And so I try not to be the one to actually say it. I would rather just let the information present itself and then say, wow, we got a problem on our hands.
0: Yeah. And let, let the, let the the client make that decision or or come to that conclusion on their own.
1: Yeah. Depending on who it is. You know, if it's somebody like you that I I've known for quite some time, I'll just flat out tell you, John, what are you doing? You're dumb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You got to go get new clubs, buddy. And I I tend to
1: say it in terms of, Boy, those marketing people sure are good, aren't they?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you'll go, yeah. Yeah, oh, they, they were.
0: were. I got to tell you, the the Callaway Epic driver that I have is not the one I would have bought had I just walked into the big box store and looked at drivers. For right. some reason, I just, I have an affinity for ping clubs. I, I mean, all my irons are ping, right? Right, uh, and I, I, I've had three sets of Ping irons. I, I had a set of Ping i twos. I, you know, I love Ping, but the Ping driver was probably of the four that I tried during my fitting was the worst performing one for me. Yeah, so I would have been basically screwed had I just bought emotionally, and not gone but, yeah. actually been fitted uh, for for my new driver. Yeah. And how many years will I be calling it my new driver, I wonder?
1: Um, As long as it continues to work well.
0: This is true.
1: (laughs) As soon as it stops working well, you'll start calling it that old piece of junk (laughs) or something along those lines.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. I got to get rid
1: of this. I got to get rid of this thing. This is terrible. (laughs) I never could hit this dang thing. I mean, it's amazing how fast we disown uh, clubs when when the – when the difference maker is truly us
0: yeah exactly
1: you know i've said this to people on the range and they're like yeah i used to hit this thing great but now it's terrible i just can't hit it it's lousy i need a new one and i take it out of the bag and i lay it on the ground and i said why don't we look at that thing for a minute like like what are we doing i said is that thing changing properties is the shaft getting worse is the head getting bad what how'd that work and uh, then they, then they kind of look at me like, well, you jerk.
2: <laughs> you just called
1: me out. <laughs> so why don't we start getting you back into a better position in you know, a setup wise and making sure we, we match things up with your body. So this club comes back to life in your hands. Right. Why don't we
0: do that? Right. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's times like, when
1: we have to be really blunt.
0: I know, which brings up a question that I will ask you as soon as we come back, because once again, it's time to take a quick break. We are those Weekend Golf Guys. Don't you move.
4: If you're fed up with your credit card's high interest rates and your balances are so out of control that they never seem to go down, one call to Consolidated Credit can get the relief you need. Consolidated Credit has helped over 6 million people with credit card debt, and their certified credit counselors are ready to help you. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast without destroying your credit. The program works and the consultation is free. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 800- 214-3104, 800-214-3104. That's 800-214-3104. Consolidated Credit Solutions, 8 Fifty seven zero one west Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM-1492, Oregon DM-80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission, license number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company.
3: to retiring with confidence, and it's yours free with one call. Don't risk a lifetime of work building your retirement. This little known retirement protection plan could safeguard your wealth and boost your retirement up to 40%. For your free copy of Guarantee Your Retirement by Josh Melberg, call now. Call 800 804 3595. That's 800 804 3595. 800 804 3595. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy.
0: Just go to twitter.com. We are at WKND golf guys. And we are back those weekend golf guys, John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there. And Jeff, you you mentioned it at the end of of the last thing, the little scenario about how, um, how we fall out of love with our clubs after a while, they stop working for us, but it brings up the question. Can clubs wear out? Especially if you play, let's say you play once or twice a week. That's putting a lot of wear and tear. On the clubs themselves, the shafts and things like that, do their physical properties denigrate after a while of of consistent use?
1: You know what? I would tell you that every club has a mental, emotional shelf life. Okay. That's going to happen a whole lot quicker than the actual stress on the metal shelf life. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So, John, you could most likely play with the same set of irons which you have for how many years have you had these things these the the, the ping um and what you had the raptures mm-hmm. how many years of those ago those are like a decade plus old now
0: yeah they came out in 2008 yeah, yeah.
1: and here it is 2023 they're still in your bag
0: and still working for me actually after being with you working better than they ever have
1: so what do you think about the answer to the question
0: Well, I'm just wondering if, you know, because I, I have, I have. They uh,
1: didn't get worse over time, did they?
0: No, they did not. But I did have to replace a three wood because I did have to replace it. Hey, stop. I did have to replace the three wood because um, I took a shot and the head went farther than the ball did.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a you thing.
0: Yeah. That's a me thing. This is true. That's a
1: you thing. Right. So let's. Point out the fact that the equipment itself is not going to go anywhere and start deteriorating to the point where you'll see any appreciable difference if something hasn't, say, accidentally happened to the shaft.
0: I got you. Or
1: the face wasn't caved in because you hit rocks or a Mm -hmm. T-marker or a ball bearing. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines has been done. Right? People trying to, oh, let's say, hmm, I think this driver's now no longer working for me. I'll bet it's still under warranty. Let's see what happens when I hit this ball bearing.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Or when I hit this rock with it. And then let's go try to send it in and see if I can get my replacement. Guess what, folks? That doesn't work. They all know. Yes. You could try, but you're going to get a big, fat nothing. So... Just keep that in mind. They know what kind of damage a golf ball can do to the face of a club, or a rock, mm-hmm. or a tee marker, or a ball bearing, or a whatever. Right. They can see it, and avoids the warranty. Mm-hmm. So don't try
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Don't be okay. stupid. There you okay.
1: go. Okay, and then that's that whole you know shaft breaking thing that. Well, I don't know. It was getting weak in that spot. That's the main point of it, flexing. Really? Because that thing's dead in the middle of a shaft. How's that mark on your knee doing? (laughs) Right? Excuse me, sir. Can I see your kneecap? Wow. Where'd that red stripe come from? (laughs) You know, I mean, come on. Let's be obvious about certain things. What are the odds of the shaft breaking? Slim. A lightweight graphite shaft, though, you know, those 45-gram driver shafts Mm -hmm. in a big, strong man's hands. Okay, now we can have a conversation about that because they may not be able to withstand the pressure of the forces and torques that he's putting on that shaft within the swing because those those flyweight graphite shafts and big, strong men generally don't get along. They can snap Mm -hmm. them like a twig.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, but as far as, as, I mean, normal wear and tear, you're not going to get to the point where you're going to snap a shaft just in the process of swinging it normally. Um, no. You're, you're you going to get to it. the point where you get bored with the club. You don't think it's pretty enough anymore. The guys that you're playing with have clubs that are shiny and new, and you suddenly say, these clubs don't work. I need new ones now.
1: Well, you know what I tell you on those, on those, on those chrome, chrome-plated golf clubs, get out your, get out your blue away and get out your, your chrome cleaner and go at it, clean the head. And all of a sudden you got yourself a, a shiny new set of antiques that looks beautiful mm-hmm. and you're going retro, but they're gorgeous. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you got a whole new way of looking at your clubs again, because they're shiny and new looking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just keep that in mind. So the uh, honey they wore out is not an excuse that uh, if if she wanted to do some research, she could debunk quickly. Mm.
1: You had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> right. So, all right, fellas, here you go. There are places out there that even sell you new equipment. And have signs on their counter that says, We'll even make you a receipt for the price you said you paid for them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. I've seen that too. <laughs> Cause everybody knows.
0: As a friend of mine was he said his biggest fear was if he passed away, his wife would sell his clubs for what he told her they cost him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know what's funny? there are people out there that have staged say trunk break-ins. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Somebody broke into my trunk. Must not have shut it all the way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's stupid. I just left it on. I left it open. I don't know what happened. I don't know, I don't what, know what, what I was happened, thinking. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Threw them in the back of the car this time. Stuff in the trunk. Threw it in the back of the car. Forgot to lock it. Went to the mall. Boom. They're all gone. Yeah. Dang it. I like that bag. <laughs> <laughs> right that's the thing you know there's all there's always that story there's always that angle that people are getting but let me tell you it isn't going to be because the equipment itself all of a sudden started to fail now that being said let's talk about grooves okay because most of the time it does fail with grooves it's why you need to continue to get different wedges why is that we practice with them a lot we hit them a lot we wear that one spot down sure there's metal fatigue going on in those Mm -hmm. and before you get all bent out of shape about your equipment's not going to break down well wait a minute we see the pros to get new equipment all the time and they got these dollar signs dollar spots worn out on their the center of their club face yeah, they're going to hit them about eight million times, and you're not
0: right. Exactly.
1: There, there is a point where it is about the frequency of the hitting of the club face, and it'll wear down the grooves. Okay. It'll do it now. Also, by the way, the pros are playing clubs that are forged out of softer metal, mm-hmm. and we are playing mostly clubs that are on the market today are. F- are not forged out of soft metal they're cast out of firmer metal which means they're designed to last a little longer
0: yeah yeah
1: so So. it's not the process that they got them into the head shape though it's the kind of metal that they use
0: right gotcha okay so if that's the excuse you're looking for you may have to find a new excuse that's all we're trying to say yeah but uh Good luck in, in looking for a new excuse, but that is why wedges need to be replaced much more frequently than do the rest of your clubs. Yeah, is the uh, and in, generally speaking, people
1: replace putters a lot because of frustration, not because of yeah, um, you know, worn out. I do know a guy though that um, I've played with, and he is uh, was the assistant coach, or still is the assistant coach of a a local high school team here. I have seen him wear out the center of a face of a putter twice. Uh,
0: really. Yes. Wear it out, huh? Okay.
1: Wear it out. Wow. Guess how good a putter that dude is. <laughs> if you can wear out a, a a spot on the center of the face of your putter, mm-hmm. how many strokes did it take? This guy's done it twice.
0: Mm. He doesn't miss very often, does he? Guys, guys, a pretty good putter. It looks that way. It looks that You'll way. figure. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, listen. Yes. Have fun. Uh, good luck with your presentation down there, and uh, thanks for explaining some of the uh, concepts that uh, most of us find difficult to understand. And Smash enjoy back, your uh, your your safe trip to Orlando, and uh, bring us home some oranges or grapefruit or something. Indian River's you know, I, calling my name, man.
1: You know what? Yeah. I I tried that one time. I was down in Orlando at this time of year, and I played a golf course. And lo and behold, there were orange trees on the golf course with Mm -hmm. oranges hanging off. And I'm like, I'm picking one and I'm going to do it. Guess what? They're not ripe yet. (laughs) They look big. They look full. They look orange. Guess what? They are not
0: ripe yet. Gotcha. All right. So listen, whether or not you've had your clubs fit and whether or not you've had lessons, do something to make yourself a little bit better. You've got you've got your aspirations for this season. Uh, you may want to get fit, get some new clubs. You may want to just go get some lessons and find out how to deal with the clubs you already own. It doesn't matter one way or the other whether you've got the old Pro V ones or the new Pro V ones that are smarter. Just go out and play some golf.